Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your hosts are Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends and family with the resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here are your hosts, Sharon and Becky. Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. My name is Becky Olson. I'm a four-time, 21-year survivor of breast cancer. I'm also a motivational speaker and the published author of The Hat That Saved My Life. And Sharon is off today. Um, I think a lot of you probably don't realize this, but she is the assistant editor for Breast Cancer Wellness Magazine, and she left on Sunday, I believe, for their Thrivers cruise out of um, out of Florida. And she she got out of here just in time because on Monday we had a surprise snowstorm in Portland and it looked like it was clearing up, but today I'm sitting here looking out the window and every tree is covered in white. The yard, the road, everything is covered in white. <laughs> it's just, we don't get a lot of snow in Oregon. I know a lot of people think we do because we're north, but we don't get a lot of snow. We actually have pretty mild weather, but today it's a different story. Hoping it clears up a bit. But we have a guest today who's been on our show before. Dr. Christine Horner was the plastic surgeon who worked with Congress to get insurance companies to pay for reconstruction for breast cancer patients. She is the reason, seriously, that we no longer have to fight to be made as whole as we can. And we know that plastic surgery doesn't make us completely whole after we've had our breasts removed, but it's it can get us a little closer anyway. Well, she's on a new mission now, and that is to help America lose the fat, especially belly fat, which is a leading risk factor for feeding estrogen-fed breast cancer. She's the author of the book Radiant Health, Ageless Beauty, Welcome, Dr. Horner. Horner. What Thank did you. I just call you? you. Oh, I don't know, but it's Horner. <laughs> like little Horner. Jack who's sat okay. in the corner. That's right. <laughs> yes. Well, the last time you were with us, you shared the ticking time bombs for women over 40. And that was a fascinating show. We've had a lot of on-demand listeners for that show uh, since that time. And today we're going to talk about belly fat, which seems to impact most of us as we age. And you use the term over fat. And what, is, what does that mean? How, how does that happen? And how did that term come into place? Well, you know, it's no secret that we have an obesity epidemic here in the United States, as well as a lot of other places around the world. And um, typically what we've done is to use a measurement which is called the BMI or the body mass index just as a rough measurement to see if you are, um, you know, overweight or not. So what that does is it takes your uh, weight and divides it by your height. So it doesn't have anything in there, you know, that looks at body composition. And so these researchers recently uh, discovered that there's a fairly significant group of individuals where if you look at their BMI numbers, it seems like they would be falling in that normal weight uh, category. Mm -hmm. However, what they did was then to look at body composition, and they found that 76%, this is the estimate, 76% of people across the world actually have uh, too much belly fat. And, And by saying over fat, we're really specifically talking about belly fat. So let me explain the difference there. So okay. when uh, there's two different 
kind of forms of fat that we have. So we have subcutaneous fat, which is, you know, under the skin. And belly fat is actually not under the skin. It's on the inside of the abdomen. So it's the fat that coats the organs, which, um, you know, it has a purpose to help to cushion, you know, things. But um, what happens is in certain instances, and we can talk about what um, kind of makes people prone to developing this, uh, but there's the belly fat is something that increases. And the danger with it is that the belly fat, unlike the subcutaneous fat, is uh, considered what we call metabolically active. And so what that means is is that the fat cells are actually producing proteins that create inflammation. They're also producing hormones. And uh, it has a really incredible uh, negative effect on our um, on our health, and in fact, they've uh, found about 50 different types of chronic diseases that are increased uh, if you have too much belly fat and about 11 different kinds of cancers, including breast cancer, you know, prostate cancer, uh, colon cancer. So that's why it's so important not to have too much of it. It's not, you know, that it's aesthetically displeasing. It's that it actually has (laughs) an extremely detrimental effect on the body. Yeah. So the subcutaneous fat, which is kind of what I think most of us think about, because it's probably what we most readily see visible to us, is that, like you said, the fat that's right under the skin, is that it's not is that not as big a risk factor as the the fat that's under, like you said, under did you say under the muscle yeah, and all that? In the abdomen, yes, it's actually not a risk factor at all, believe it or not, because ah. it's not producing you know the hormones and the inflammation. Now, of course, if you have you know, you're morbidly obese. Of course, it has all sorts of, you know, damaging effects. But just sure. um, kind of in, in general, um, it's that inside belly fat, which is really the thing that's, that's of most concern. Uh-huh. Now, you can't, so if you look at, there's certain things that um, actually increase your risk of developing this belly fat. A couple of things you can't do anything about. One is gender. So uh, men actually have uh, more of a propensity of developing too much belly fat compared to women. And that's kind of that quintessential beer belly, you know, that we see. Right. Okay. And uh, if you try to pinch an inch, you can't, you know, because you it's not yeah. on the outside, it's, it's on the inside. And then uh, the other thing is just kind of genetically what your body shape is. And so we've all heard about the pear shape and the apple shape shape, and so the pear right. shape is where you get a distribution, mostly, again, subcutaneous fat, kind of on the hips and thigh area, again, not dangerous, uh, and then the apple shape is kind of uh, denoting that uh, inside belly fat. Now, there are some things you can do uh, something about that um, actually increase your risk of belly fat, and one, of course, is diet, and um, so the number one, I'll call it a food category, even though it's really a poison, that <laughs> That increases belly fat is sugar and refined carbohydrates. So number one thing that that deposits that. Um, so if you're eating a lot of processed carbs, crackers, cookies, you know, junk foods, uh, that kind of thing, that's again the number one culprit. And the simple solution to that is really switching over and trying to eat as many fruits and vegetables mm-hmm. as you possibly can. Sure. That can you know make a huge difference. Um, and then that, the, that the makes that makes is, sense because you know we we always hear about 
cutting refined sugars. Now, tell me about honey. Does honey kind of fit into that category? Or is, well, I think can. a lot of people. So you know, them. it's not as bad as um, like eating you know refined sugar, but it definitely definitely you got to limit it because it's got you know natural uh, kind of you know sugar in it that does in, in higher dosages can definitely have a, a negative physiological effects. So just, um, you know, kind of in moderation. Yeah. Yeah, And then the final thing that is a real big contributor is stress. So when we're under stress, which you pretty much can say everybody is all the time, because all you have to do is turn on the news or, you know, open your bills or (laughs) do, do whatever. There's stresses that occur throughout the day. And, um, this is uh, something I call a design flaw in the human body, and that is is that when we're, we have uh, a stress that occurs in our life, our, no matter what it is, our bodies always respond exactly the same way. So it could be, you know, you have like a real stress, like you, you need to do that fight or flight response. That's what we're set up for. So let's just say that you got to, you know, jump out of the way of getting hit by a car or something like yeah. that. Um, that you definitely, you know, want that response. But that's a kind of a rare event for us uh, in these modern times. It's more that we have all these different stresses that happen that that's just a fight or flight response isn't appropriate. So, like I said, opening your credit card bill or, you know, paying your taxes or something. Yeah, can't run away. Yeah, working on that right now. So <laughs> or I beat get up that. your accountant. I don't know. So, um what happens then is that when we have a stress, we have this kind of neurochemical cascade that occurs, and and ultimately we have this these stress hormones that are released, and cortisol is kind of the classic one we talk about, and and again it has a great help to us in that kind of emergency fight or flight response, but it has quite the opposite, very damaging to our bodies when it stays chronically elevated. Um, and so when it does that, it has a number of really negative physiological effects, including helping to deposit belly fat. Wow. You know, there's just, our bodies are so intricate and there's just so many design things. I mean, I, I hate to think of them as design flaws because I believe that we're made perfectly, but you know, there are things that we do to our bodies, right? And maybe that's the yeah. flaw is what we, what we do to ourselves. But, you know, I'm glad to hear you talk about the subcutaneous because, you know, as a breast cancer survivor, many of us have reconstructive surgery. And as a plastic surgeon yourself, you know about things like fat transfers and the deep flat procedure where they take the belly fat and move it up to make breasts mm-hmm. out, of, out of it. And that that, that kind of fat, because was, that was actually one of my questions I was going to ask you. If you take that belly fat and move it to your breast area, are you just, are you, are you actually causing a problem up there? But it's not because it's no, a different yeah, type of fat yeah, that we're talking about. Yeah, different, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Totally well, that's good to know. They're not going to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. Good. So that's just, good to know. Uh, you know, say so, about with oh, the stress. We had a little controversy about the design flaw. So, so <laughs> um, you know, I uh, when I when I was working as a plastic surgeon, you know, I I noticed that my patients were getting younger and younger until finally one day I was doing breast reconstruction on someone in their twenties, and I was like, okay, the you know. <laughs> Something's really wrong, and I started going through the medical research to see what, if anything, women could do to lower their risk. This was, you know, 20 years ago, and um, lo and behold, I actually found thousands of studies pointing out that um, the major influencing risk factors uh, for breast cancer, as well as 
every single chronic disease that we can think of, diabetes, heart disease, you know, uh, and so forth, you know, it has to do with our diet and lifestyle. And so um, by living the healthiest diet and lifestyle, you can really minimize your risk of developing any of these uh, diseases. And then at the same time, I kind of serendipitously was introduced to a system of medicine called Ayurveda. Uh, Ayurveda is a traditional system of medicine from India that Deepak Chopra talks about. And um, Ayur means life, Veda means knowledge. So it literally uh, is the knowledge of life and it teaches us about what it is to be in the human body and what all the rules are and if we follow those rules, our body will go into balance and enhance our body's inner healing intelligence, which can keep us well. If we disobey those rules, break those rules, then it causes imbalances in the body that will obstruct the flow of that inner healing intelligence, which can't keep us well. But yeah. when I was introduced to it, I realized that I actually had not learned anything about health, uh, how to you know create health when I went through my extremely long and rigorous medical training. I learned about diseases, how to suppress symptoms, how to cut things out, but I did not learn about how to create health. And so um, one of the things in Ayurveda, I don't, and most people, if they say, oh, I haven't heard of it, it's like, well, yes, you have, because most of the um, different techniques that are used and uh, well lump it into complementary and alternative medicine, but things like, you know, yoga, meditation, um, sound therapy, all these different kinds of therapies, herbs, you know, uh, things like that, those all uh, originated from Ayurveda, which is over a 5,000-year-old uh, system of medicine. But <clears throat> this system, uh, as well as traditional Chinese medicine, so those are kind of the largest kind of ancient uh, holistic forms of medicine that are still being practiced today in huge numbers. And, and so what we found is that both of those systems recognize that stress is something that's a huge contributor to creating imbalances and disease in the body. And so um, in Ayurveda, they um, came up with doing meditation as an effective stress-reducing technique um, in traditional Chinese medicine, Tai Chi, Qigong, and we've all seen you know pictures of the people out in the morning in those big courtyards practicing it. And mm-hmm. so, um, as I said, 5,000 years ago, they were recognizing that because stress plays such a, a, a significant role in the development of disease, that it's important to practice an effective stress-reducing technique every day, which really yeah. trains your nervous system to not be so responsive and, and doesn't produce as much cortisol. So you know, what's, on, like what's on my mind, let me just ask you a quick question sure. about all of this, because everything you're saying makes sense. But I have known people, women in particular, because we've been, you know, Breast Friends has been around 17 years and we've talked to a uh-huh. lot of women, but we've talked to many women who are, they eat right, they exercise, they run marathons, they do uh-huh. yoga, and they get cancer. Why? Yeah, so because, so um, I actually wrote a book called Waking the Warrior Goddess, um, Byline Dr. Christine Horner's program to protect against and fight breast cancer. So there's many things that contribute to um, developing imbalances, and this is you know in Ayurveda, traditional Chinese medicine. They I like their paradigms where they uh, say all diseases really start as imbalances, and uh, and then those imbalances, if not you know corrected, can then progress to developing a disease. And so. Um, What's been discovered, actually, in, uh, in a lot of research that's going on right now and in the last, you know, latest few years, is that the number one thing that affects our uh, health 
than predictor of longevity, number one thing, more than diet, more than genetics, more than smoking. It's our emotions. And particularly, we look at there are various different emotions that truly do correspond to different areas in the body, and we can see that uh, different diseases may develop in somebody based on what their kind of predominant emotion is. So, for instance, um, with lung cancer, uh, the lungs are actually considered the place where uh, the emotion of grief will kind of settle in, and so we've all known the story of Christopher Reeves, you know, Superman, who when he died, right. his wife died, uh, you know, within a year of lung cancer, and she never smoked. So with breast cancer, um, the breasts overlie the heart, and we'll find, and, and these are Western, you know, studies that are done looking at commonalities and uh, personalities and um, uh, characteristics and so forth. So we'll look at women who develop breast cancer, and oftentimes there's something that broke their heart. There could be relationship issues with their, you know, significant other. They might have lost a child. They might have, you know, uh, anything like that. And even not even living your passions, you know, is another one because that passion area comes from your heart. So if you feel yeah. like, you know, you're in a dead-end job and it's not fulfilling your passions, that can cause energy disturbances in that area. So well, you know, um, that might explain my first two bouts of breast cancer because I really was starting to dislike my job tremendously. So mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, of course I've had it yeah. twice since then, but... Um, you know, I, that's really fascinating. I've never heard that where the the body organ and the the condition that can be that uh-huh. can be developed from that where they where they go together like that. That's fascinating to me. And yeah. did you say that that's covered in in your book? Which, which it's in book my is, book. Yeah, I, I have I definitely have that in my book. And there's yeah, there's this fascinating research that's uh, yeah. on that right now. There's a documentary that I really highly recommend, which is called E-Motion, so E-Motion, and they interviewed all these people that are experts in um, emotional work, and, uh, you know, it's just fascinating, and, and there's such amazing techniques that you can do that are super quick and effective. You don't have to be in therapy forever, you know, that helps to release them, yeah. Well, that's wonderful. Well, Dr. Horner, we are going to take a quick break, so stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. For Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio, visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one 
is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking about belly fat. That's that fat that doesn't live above the muscle. It's the fat that's below the muscle that kind of surrounds all your body organs. And we've been talking about that with our our guest today, Dr. Christine Horner. And before we move on to the next set of questions I have for you, can I ask you a question about spot reducing? Um, you know, we all hear and we've heard it for years that you can't really spot reduce. Now, the commercials on TV say that you can, but because they're trying to sell you some device or something. But they, you know, most doctors and, and medical stuff says you cannot spot reduce. You just it's, it's an overall thing. What do you see differently about that? Well, for subcutaneous fat, uh, it's true. You can't spot reduce. You just, you know, you just kind of do it all over, right? I mean, exercise in one area is exercising the muscle. It's not doing anything to the overlying fat. So it's really uh, about changing, you know, a lot in your uh, diet and lifestyle. And I actually um, did bodybuilding uh, back in like 2002. And and uh, so, you know, prior to that, I was working as a plastic surgeon and doing liposuction and telling people, oh, you know, you can't do anything about, you know, your, your shape that you were born with and yeah, that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. what I learned as doing bodybuilding was that that wasn't true at all. You know, like you actually can do a huge uh, difference in your, um, you know, overall shape. And uh, mostly we're doing underlying muscles, but then just because of how you transform your diet, and of course there's like no carbs and, you know, that kind of thing with it, it's like, mm-hmm. oh my God, it's like, you know, these people understood the human body, like this chemistry set, you know, that could, <laughs> could really, right, you know, right. shift things. So, but it's overall, I mean, it's, it's, you know, when you go on that diet and that kind of thing, you lose subcutaneous fat everywhere. It's not like it's just in, you know, one location or not. Now, that being said, uh, belly fat, the inside fat, again, is a different. So you can um, actually, I, I mean, I'll call it some spot reducing, but there's some mm-hmm. tricks and things that you can do that have actually been found to be beneficial and helping to uh, pr- protect against getting that belly fat and also, if you have it, helping you to, uh, to get rid of it. So, for instance... Uh, as we talked in the last segment, uh, stress, you know, is something that we know that's a big contributor to uh, developing uh, belly fat. So if you do things to counteract stress, like, you know, doing the meditation every day or Tai Chi yoga, that kind of thing, uh, that's beneficial. Um, they've also found that um, just some certain nutrients, like just plain old vitamin C, 
is something that we know uh, is effective in helping to keep the cortisol, that stress hormone levels, from uh, staying elevated. Um, so I recommend really favoring uh, fruits and vegetables that are high in vitamin C, and there's a lot that are in season right now, like bell peppers and winter squash and, and uh, Brussels sprouts or cruciferous vegetables are usually high in it. Oranges, you know, are too. Uh, so favoring those, you can take a supplement, you know, if you want to too, but again, those types of foods are really the optimal ones that you should have in your diet anyway, but um, they work beyond that, you know, and really helping to keep those cortisol levels down. Um, there's um, a really interesting uh, nutrient, uh, which is called oligonol, so it's spelled O-L-I-G-O-N-O-L, so oligonol. Never heard and of it. And it's actually, go ahead. I've never heard of it before until I saw yeah. your notes for, the, for our show okay. today. So yeah. tell us so, about that. Um, so what happens is, um, and fortunately, I mean, this is really great, we're, there's really this explosion of research that's going on looking at various different plants, what's in them, you know, what are their active molecules, and what are the health properties associated with those. So what we've discovered really is that all uh, plants are things that have a um, their own kind of unique pharmacy in them, so they have many different kinds of um, natural substances in them that have uh, health benefits for us. And all of them have this category of, we'll call it a plant chemical, um, which is uh, called a polyphenol. And a polyphenol, uh, by definition, really is high in antioxidants and high in anti-inflammatories. And both of those processes, we know the inflammation as well as oxygen-free radicals are kind of the, the two kind of foundational processes that occur in the body that uh, if in excess are things that really drive all the different chronic diseases and accelerated aging and and so forth. So um, all of these polyphenols, like I said, are active uh, biologically and have high antioxidant and anti-inflammatory properties. And then they all have kind of some unique properties to them that that make them, um, you know, specific natural medicines, basically. So, so what they found, oligonol, is, is a, um, a natural medicine that is found in the lychee fruit. So lychee fruits are from Asia, and they're little white, kind of fleshy, uh, you know, fruits with a hard outer casing to it. Um, and uh, like I said, very common in Asia. When I was in Bali, I, I saw them there. You know, the street vendors had them and everything. So when you get them here in this country, they tend to um, give them to you in a can that's full of heavy syrup and sugar. <laughs> you do not oh, want to no. consume that way. <laughs> But um, oligonol is actually a substance that they found in lychee fruits, and it has a number of different health properties to it. It helps to kind of um, lower your risk of developing diabetes. It can help with your uh, skin health and diminishing wrinkles and some brown spots, you know, there. But another thing that it does is to target belly fat. And so they, they found different mechanisms by which it works, which is helping to prevent the deposition of that belly fat. And if you have it, it helps to, you know, get rid of it. And then they did kind of the ultimate um, test that we have when we do a design for a study is to do a double-blinded placebo-controlled study. And what this does is it takes one group of people that are getting just a placebo or a sugar pill. The other group is getting the whatever you want to test. And, and the doctors don't know who's getting it. The people that are, that are participating <laughs> in the study have no idea. So there's no influence based on, you know, knowing that you're getting a particular uh, nutrient or, you know, just getting the placebo. So what they did was they took uh, people who had this larger abdominal 
earth, so they determined that they had excess belly fat. And then uh, half the group went on uh, just a placebo, and half the group went on oligonol. And at the end of 10 weeks, um, they checked them, and they found that the people that were taking oligonol, they, they had an astounding reduction in uh, uh, the uh, belly fat of 15% reduction in belly fat in 10 weeks. I mean, that's statistically wow. significant. So it was like, you know, really huge. And they also lost like 6% of subcutaneous fat and, um, and an inch and a half off of their waist and didn't change anything else in their diet and lifestyle. So um, now there are no magic pills. <laughs> Do sure. not rely yeah. on a pill. It really, you know, you need to be smart about eating a super healthy diet, mostly with plants. Like, of course, getting proper exercise, going to bed by 10 o'clock is, you know, super important if you want you know, to you know, have your body be in balance and to reduce your risk of developing belly fat. So doing all those things, but in addition to it, it's like we do know that um, there's certain things that you can do, like oligonol, which can actually really help. So how do you get oligonol if, if, if it's in lychee fruit, but that comes in a can with syrup and stuff? Is, can you just buy oh, a because, supplement uh, in a so natural and food actually, store? Oligonol comes as a supplement, and, and the testing that they did was on the supplement. And then the other, other you know, tidbit about it is that so there's a molecule in the lychee fruit where they extract it, and it's this really long-chain polyphenol, so it doesn't absorb in the system very well. So what they did is to modify it by shortening that polyphenol so it's very absorbable and that's okay. what's in the supplement so the, the research was done on the supplement and really to get the health benefits from it you have to take it as a supplement because I think they, the estimate was like you'd have to eat about 20 lychee fruits to get you know <laughs> enough of the therapeutic dose and you just can't do that it's too much yeah, I don't even know if I like lychee sugar. fruit I don't think I've ever had it so, so uh, how yeah. much do you have to take like say in this study where they reduced belly fat by 15% in 10 weeks uh-huh. were they taking excessive amounts of it or were they just a, no, whatever they was recommended so um you know, it comes as, I think it's 100 milligrams. I'd have to check that out again. But it, it, what they did was to take it, the supplement twice a day. So once in the morning, okay. once at night, and that was it. Uh, okay. So it wasn't excessive doses at all. In fact, you know, this okay. is the, the thing that would be recommended then is exactly what they used in the study. Yeah. That's fascinating. I, you know, I just it's it's one of those things I've just never heard of. So I'm really really glad we're having this conversation. It's I'm sure we can all use a bit of that. Um, so you, the other one you mentioned is omega three. What tell us about omega three? Yeah. So omega three fatty acids. I mean, most of us have heard of that too, unless you live under a rock, right? Right. <laughs> that one I've heard uh, of. <laughs> yeah. So that's considered the healthiest type of fat that we can consume. It's found in cold water fish like salmon and flax seeds and walnuts and so forth. And and so researchers have determined that it's actually the healthiest type of fat that we can consume, and that most of the time it's nearly impossible to get enough out of your diet. And so um, it's really recommended to take a supplement. Now, it might seem kind of counterintuitive that you would eat fat to lose fat, but that's exactly what happens. Omega-3s have just kind of a, this amazing global effect on our body as far as promoting health. It makes our cell membranes more flexible so they actually function better. Huge anti-inflammatory properties, big anti-cancer you know, effects to it too, but they also found that it has this effect on helping to lower belly fat as well. 
well. Um, and so uh, the, the important thing about omega-3s, and this is true about um, more nutrients that we're discovering too, but um, everybody's, uh, the way that they metabolize uh, omega-3 fatty acids as well as like vitamin D, for instance, too, it's different and from person to person. So it's kind of like, well, when you ask what dose you could give, like the oligonol, it is 100 milligrams, and, you, you know, you do that um, or take it twice a day. But uh, for omega-3s, it, it's, it's like, well, we're, we're not sure, you know, exactly how much you need because it's a much more individualized, um, you know, approach. And so um, you can get your levels checked, and the, and the great thing is, is that you actually don't even need to go to your doctor's office for that. There's a, a website called nutrientpower.org. So nutrientpower.org is a 501c3 organization, and they're um, looking specifically at certain nutrients. So they're uh, currently looking at vitamin D as well as omega-3 fatty acids. And um, seeing what they're, you know, really doing these huge kind of scaled uh, research looking at what the levels that an individual has and then corresponding it, you know, over time to what the risk of various different diseases are or what kind of protection we may get with that. But anyway, you can order this kit on NutrientPower.org and it comes to your house. It has instructions, but basically what you're doing is just pricking your finger and putting a little dot of blood on a piece of paper, sending it in, and then they can tell you what your levels are. And it's measured for the omega-3s. It's measured as a omega-3 fatty acid index and you want your index numbers to be 8% or higher is, is what you want. So, um, like I said, that's super important. Here's another kind of interesting, fun-filled fact about omega-3s when it comes to weight loss. So, they, you know, once we uh, kind of mapped out the human genome, one of the things that researchers are doing is, is really looking at all these different kinds of nutrients and then checking to see uh, genetically how it works. So like what genes are being turned on and what genes are being turned off so we can, you know, understand at this really sophisticated level, you know, more uh, what, what the effects are. And so they found that um, if you're taking adequate amounts of omega-3 fatty acids in uh, each day, that it can actually cause your uh, this activation of this gene that's involved in energy, and it can um, cause you to burn up to 400 more calories a day by having the adequate amount. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's that's good. Um, yeah, I well, think so. <laughs> <laughs> so is that that kit that you order through their website? Is it is it pretty spendy, or is it something that most of us can no, afford? No, no, it's not. I think it's. Don't, I mean, I'm not 100% sure. I think it's, you know, 50-ish, you know, dollars worth. So it's not, um, okay. you know, real expensive. And um, like I said, it's uh, super simple because they give you the instructions on how to do it. And normally what they recommend for, they have a kit that actually includes vitamin D as well as omega-3 fatty acids. And, you know, both of them are have been found to be just crucially important for, for good health. And right. so... Okay. Uh, they recommend that you actually repeat the test every six months or so so that you can kind of stay on top of it, you know, because, of course, things in our life fluctuates and it may be that you'd need more at a particular time or, or not. And then, um, and then uh, the other uh, thing that's really great about it, too, is that you're, 
entered into this international data collection study, you know, that they're doing so that we can, you know, really get these accurate assessments about what the influence is of these particular nutrients and, um, and then, you know, the dosages that people are really requiring. Because like, for instance, with vitamin D, I mean, that changed tremendously where we used to say, okay, you only need 400 international units of vitamin D a day. And as it turns out, uh, you need way more than that. In fact, they've discovered that people, about 80% of people in the United States have uh, low vitamin D levels. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so instead of 400 international units, kind of an average, you know, that a, a normal person would need is about 2,000 international units a day. And then depending on, again, on your own individual physiology, sometimes people need way more than that, 5,000, yeah. 10,000 you know, that kind of thing to get their levels up. And, and uh, the, you know, just as an example, for, you know, if we're looking at, like, breast cancer, they found that if you have low vitamin D levels, it's like you, you have almost twice the incidence of breast cancer. And by, t- you know, keeping your levels up to a normal amount, it can, you know, reduce your risk by 50% or more. So that's how important, you know, it can be. And um, Yeah, we found and, that, you know, yeah. they haven't gone so far as to say that, that vitam- lack of vitamin D causes breast cancer, but they sure are making that connection that, a lot of women with breast cancer do have low doses. I'm very low. My doctor had me on 10,000 IUs a day uh-huh. and yeah. um, to build it back up because mine was super low and now I'm at five, but um, yeah. we had to get me back up. And that, you know, of course yeah. I live in the yeah. Northwest and it's when it's sunny yeah. here, it's beautiful, but it's just not that sunny all the time. So right. you know, a good, yeah. good dose of vitamin D come, does come from the sun. Listen, we're going to go out to break pretty soon, but before we do, I know that there were four nutrients and we talked about vitamin C, we talked about oligonol, we talked about omega-3. The fourth one I heard is cinnamon. cinnamon. <laughs> Speak to that. I love cinnamon. Yeah. I like you know, to put it with spice, sugar on toast are really with butter, but you know. <laughs> you know categories. If you, look, if you look like an Ayurveda, you know, they, they use spices like crazy as, as medicines yeah. and really they're concentrated forms of medicines and unfortunately in this country we just kind of use salt and pepper, but as it turns out, you know, have it using spices um, is extremely beneficial, and each of them, again, are these kind of concentrated forms of natural medicine. So cinnamon, uh, even though it tastes great, uh, doesn't mean that it doesn't have its own, you know, really potent medicine. So what they found is cinnamon is something that really uh, improves your blood lipid uh, kind of uh, profile, and then it also influences glucose metabolism. So, and it does its super strong. So actually they found there was a study that showed that cinnamon is something that can increase glucose metabolism by 20 times. So it's it's really got this huge effect. So the uh, dose is uh, two teaspoons a day. So you can just add it to anything. I throw mine in my coffee every morning. Oh, interesting. So putting it on a piece of toast with butter and sugar and cinnamon is not the plan, right? Probably not. Probably not. Well, listen, we are going to go out to break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the quick fix to being over fat with our guest. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. 
please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. For Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio, visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our show. We've been talking about belly fat and how to lose it with Dr. Christine Horner. And boy, this has been a fascinating show so far. I'm really, I'm so glad we had you back on our show. Um, So you promised to tell our listeners what is the quick fix to being over fat. So why don't we just get right into that? (laughs) Is there really a quick fix? Come on. There's actually a lot of tips. Believe it or not, in my my book, Radiant Health, Ageless Beauty, um, I have uh, a, you know, a chapter that talks about um, you know being over fat basically and and what you can do and I have about fifty different you know tips in there you know that have been, have been shown to be effective but I'm just you know listening giving you a a little flavor of it here so well, yeah um, we want we want everyone to get your book too so that's cool. sure <laughs> all right so, so let's talk about what is what are the top five over fat quick fix habits for weight loss. Sure. So there's certain things that we do as a culture that, um, according to Ayurveda, traditional Chinese medicine and so forth, they're violations of, of what we should be doing. And so there's, there's things, because you're violating the way that we're designed as human beings, they, they're actually causing these imbalances that can you know, make you heavier. So one thing is, we were designed to actually eat our main meal at noontime. And here in the United States, most of the time, we do that as our evening meal. So at noontime, um, what we found is that in, in Ayurveda, they call the digestive fires are, you know, really at their peak. But we'll find, uh, you know, if we're looking at it as far as a Western kind of paradigm, that our uh, digestive system and its enzymes and everything are, are functioning at its optimal uh, level during that, that noontime meal. So... Uh, Trying to eat between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. is your uh, major meal is the uh, thing that um, 
you want to try to do and to uh, consume about 50% of your calories for the day during that time. And there was an interesting study that was done just in this past year where they looked at specifically this, where they had people where they uh, divided up their calories throughout the day, had the exact same number of calories that they were consuming between the two groups, and they had one group eat the main meal at noontime and the other group eat the main meal in the evening time. And they found that the ones that were eating, again, the exact same number of calories, but they're eating their main meal at noontime, that they lost weight compared to the other group. So we have shown that this ancient, you know, wisdom <laughs> is something, usually we always find this, the ancient wisdom that it, that actually is true. Now, the other thing, you know, when you when we, you think about people oh, in ahead. Europe, you know, my husband and I've been to Europe several times and mm-hmm. it's always interesting that you can sit on a street corner and watch people go by and you can tell who are the Americans and you can tell who are the Europeans and the Europeans all eat their main meal is that that midday meal and they make an mm-hmm. event of it. They sit and relax and, you know, it could be a two hour lunch meeting that might not even start until one o'clock or two and, you know, take a couple hours. And then their evening meal is late, but it's small. It's really small. So uh, we found that I would say the difference between the Europeans, though, is that the actual recommendation is that you do a really small evening meal, but you do it early, you know, too. So if you're doing your main meal between 10 and 2, then you actually want to have your last meal before 7 o'clock. Um, and do it really light, and you want to be in bed before 10 o'clock. And that gives us, they found that there's all sorts of different kind of hormonal fluctuations that vary throughout the day and throughout the night. And if you go to bed by 10 o'clock, those hormonal fluctuations are optimal. If you stay up after 10 o'clock, they're not. And in fact, what they found is that people who stay up to midnight on a regular basis, it, it completely throws off all your hormones. And I'm not just talking about like estrogen and progesterone and so forth, but also the hormone insulin, you know, for your glucose metabolism, your uh, sleep hormone melatonin that also has a lot of other really important physiological effects, your stress hormone, cortisol. So all these things are kind of interactive. And so what they found is it throws them off so much that um, if you stay up to midnight all the time, that um, those people have about twice the incidence of heart disease, diabetes, obesity, and certain cancers like breast and prostate cancer. So uh, I need to work on that. I got to tell you, I'm I'm one of those late night, you know, I kind of yeah. get my second wind sometimes and I yeah. I don't go to bed many nights before midnight and and you're yeah. right. I well, mean, I I see some of these effects on me. So that would be one of your number one thing. things. Yeah. And so and then yeah. usually if you stay up late, you're then you're getting up late. And if you yeah. get up, you're supposed to get up before 6 o'clock. If you get up after that, usually you feel sluggish because, and there's all sorts of detailed explanations of that, that again is all, you know, having to do with these, you know, hormonal fluctuations. Yeah. yeah. And you know, the other problem with staying up too late is if you allow yourself to get hungry again, especially if you ate dinner uh-huh. at 7, like you're recommending, yeah. and then five hours later, it's midnight. Is that the right math? Yes. Yeah. Um, you're yeah. going to want a snack again. And so then you end exactly. up eating something before you go to bed. And then, of course, that's then exactly that's right. never you good. Know your yeah. Cells, yeah, your yeah. cells actually know that it's time to be sleeping. And they have this very important job to be um, kind of um, detoxifying and getting rid of all the kind of debris and stuff. And so if you eat after 10 o'clock, and you usually do have hunger that will kick back up during that time. If you eat at that time, your cells are like, forget about it. We don't want it because we're cleaning right now. You know, go away. So right. if they become insulin resistant, that increases your blood sugar levels, and then that food does not 
get used, it goes straight to your favorite place, your hips, your thighs, your belly. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, when we think about breakfast and the term breakfast, it really means break fast. And so the idea mm-hmm. is you go to bed, you sleep all night, you don't eat. And so in the morning you get up and you, you fasted all night unless you went to bed at midnight and had a snack before you went. And and then you have your, you break your fast with your breakfast. And so that all makes perfect sense what you're saying. I just have to do it. Okay. So that's the first thing is, is consume 50% of your calories between 10 AM and 2 PM and then have Uh a small dinner by seven um, Uh and be in bed by 10 PM. Okay. That's, Uh that's great. That's all doable. You're not saying we can't eat. You're just saying do it at a different time. Okay, yeah. that's uh-huh. that's easy. Yeah. So, What's the next one? You know, it's like don't shoot the messenger. This is how we are designed. <laughs> <laughs> and if you do that, I mean, we, those studies really show that it works. So another thing is, that, you know, in this culture, we're fast paced, right? So what are we doing? Eating in the car? We're standing up while we're eating. You know, our junk food. And uh, so they actually found that if you sit when you're eating, um, it helps tremendously with your digestion because it, it helps to encourage better blood flow to your uh, stomach and also improves how the digestive enzymes work. So uh, sitting down. Um, so that now, idea going, that when you eat food standing up, those calories don't count? That's, that's not true. <laughs> Kidding. No. Okay. So when you're standing up, like I said, the blood's going to your muscles, you know, and your legs right. and so forth and not to your stomach. So you're not digesting, you know, well. So, Got it. Okay. Um, when you're not digesting well, these are things that promote fat deposition. Yeah. Okay, so eat sitting down. All right, that, that's uh-huh. another easy one. I mean, these what you're saying is just common sense and practical. And uh-huh. again, it's yeah. not, uh-huh. you haven't even talked about volume of food yet. So, um, okay, so please be seated. <laughs> so one of the so things that you can do down. to decrease your, uh, your volume of food and also to improve your metabolic rate is to actually go for a walk before you have dinner. So just kind of do a walk around the block. And it's like that really uh, increases your metabolic rate and helps to curb your appetite so that can you know so just just a short walk like how many minutes at what pace where are we talking about just take a walk around the block so just do a little bit of a brisk walk it's not like you have to go out for miles or anything like that but that's enough where it actually kind of stokes your metabolism and and uh, curbs your appetite that's excellent so just put on those shoes go out once around your block and come back in and then have dinner that's Uh that's a great idea Okay, and, yeah. and that just kind of builds up your, or speeds up your metabolism before you even sit down to the meal, so that makes it, that just makes it easier. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. all right, what's next? So the next thing, which is another favorite thing in this culture, is uh, to drink iced drinks like iced water or the dreaded, you know, soft drinks with your meals. Like that's how, you know, the fast food meals are served, right? right. <laughs> your options, iced drinks. So as it turns out, uh, so Ayurveda, again, recommend, recommends that you do not ever do iced drinks while you're eating. In fact, you should really minimize your consumption of liquids while you're eating. And, and if you do anything, just sips of some uh, herbal tea or, you know, some warm uh, to hot water. And the reason is, is that our digestive enzymes work at the very best at um, body temperature. So when you're Mm. using an ice drink, what you're doing is just, you know, quelling the fire of your digestive, uh, you know, fires. uh, And also they found that it shuts down your digestive enzymes so that they function about 50% of what they should be functioning at when they're at that super cold 
um, you know, level. And then, of course, uh, giving lots of fluids during a meal is something that dilutes the enzymes, too. So all those things really interfere with um, digestion. So, again, you know, if you're going to have any, you know, fluids at all, you just want to do a little sips of some warm water or herbal teas um, and not too much. What about coffee? Is coffee okay? I love coffee. <laughs> I do, too. I like it in the morning, but, you know. Yeah, you know, it used to be that coffee was really villainized, and yeah. then there's just been this, you know, unbelievable, thank God, volume of studies coming out showing that there's really some tremendous health benefits with coffee. So uh, everything from lowering your risk of getting diabetes, uh, Parkinson's disease, breast cancer, I mean, that, that was uh, something that was really fascinating for me to, you know, read about. So in the, um, you know, normal population, uh, drinking coffee can reduce your risk of developing breast cancer by as much as 40%. And uh, for people that have the BRCA1 gene mutation, Mm -hmm. they found that uh, drinking caffeinated coffee actually has this direct effect on the BRCA1 gene. And if you uh, have that you know, uh, defect and you drink one to three cups of uh, coffee a day, you reduce your risk by 10%. If you do four to five cups a day, it reduces your risk by 25%. If you drink more than five cups of coffee a day, it can reduce your risk by 70%. That's crazy. Wow. Okay. There's there's one more thing on your list and I I hate to cut you off here, but we are almost at the end of our program. I cannot believe how fast this time has gone. So what's the last thing on your list? A fun thing. Make love, not war. (laughs) (laughs) So don't fight because fighting causes stress and stress isn't good. And it, you know, produces all these different hormones that really helps to keep your weight down and boost your immune system. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. So before we run out of time really quickly, um, In your book, you recommend a 30-day program. Why 30 days and when's the best time of year to start a weight loss program? I'm going to guess it's today, right? No matter what. So uh, Radiant Health, Ageless Beauty is the name of my book. I have a 30-day program that is not just about weight loss. Weight loss is just one of the the, uh, items of the 30 days uh, because it's a really comprehensive program about all the things that are important for you to achieve uh, extraordinary health. And to me, they're kind of equally important. So, you know, diet, digestion, exercise, sleep, stress, emotions, and, you know, all those things are discussed where it's like, okay, these are all the important elements. And most of the time when I read a book, it's like, boy, it can be really overwhelming when you get so much information. Where do you begin? So that's the whole point of the 30-day program is me just taking you by the hand going, okay, day one, we're going to do this. Day two, we're going to add that. Nice. Love that. Real simple Now, that that book, I'm sorry, Radiant Health and Ageless Beauty is that book. And then you have another book called Waking the Warrior Goddess. Waking the Warrior Goddess, which is specific about helping to lower the risk of uh, developing breast cancer and if you have it to more successfully fight your disease. And both of my books actually won national book awards for the best book in health medicine and nutrition. Fabulous. And how can our audience get a copy of the book? And do you, is it available on Amazon or through your website sure. or what? Yeah, so they're available everywhere. Um, so Amazon for sure, Barnes and & Nobles. And, and uh, if you want an autographed copy, you can get it from my website, which is drchristinehorner.com, D-R-C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E-H-O-R-N-E-R.com. 
Excellent. Well, Dr. Horner, we are out of time and I am just so uh, blessed and, and honored that you, I don't know, we pulled this together pretty quickly because I had a, another guest lined up. So um, thank you for making that effort to get on our show with us and because this is really important information. We are out of time, so we will be back next week. Until then, remember, there is always hope and we're here to help you find it. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Sharon Hannafin and Becky Olson again next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. There is always hope and we'll help you find it. We'll talk again next time.